Today, we're with Rory O'Shea of Image Communications up in Toronto. And at first, we said Imedge. It's spelled I-M-E-D-G. Is that correct? Oh, don't get me going on the name now, Don. <laughs> because I'll tell you, because 98% of the populace says Imedge, which is fine, honestly. And I thought I was being clever and cute 20 years ago when I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to put the edge into your imaging Nice. As I thought that I would be this brand new, fresh, exciting branding voice uh-huh. for radio and TV across the country, across the continent. And I called up each and every radio station and TV station from coast to coast. And not one needed or was looking for a new imaging voice. It's a tough But business. I had already <laughs> registered the name and I had it as a company. So, um, yeah, so it's image, image communications. And I've been lamenting the name ever since because you've always got to spell it out to people. Yeah, it's not image the way you would normally spell image. It's I am and then the word edge. So you're going through this whole detailed explanation to try and find you online. Here it is 20 years later, and it's image communications or I'm edge communications, Donna. What is your advice to some of the newer folks coming into voiceover? Well, yes, it uh, was always competitive. Um, especially with the advent of the internet. And then the pandemic happened, and now so many people are looking for some other source of income and a revenue stream that would be fun and fairly manageable. And, of course, uh, in the past few years, just quality equipment has come down uh, incredibly so in price point, mm-hmm. uh, from microphones to just uh, interfaces, uh, headphones, all the gear that you need, the software. And so you really can have a professional sounding environment for a very, very small investment. Uh, that being said, uh, I think it's still the same thing where people will come to me or drop me an email or I'll, I'll get, you know, a friend of a friend said, look, I've got a really good voice. And uh, I know that if a lot of my colleagues, yourself included, had a dollar for every time they heard somebody say that to them, that, look, I've been told I've got a great voice. Well, you know what? I, and all the power to you. But uh, what are you going to do with that voice? So anyway, somebody coming into the fold right now, uh, I would say, you start practicing. Do you have any acting chops? Because a voice will not do anything. You've got to be able to interpret a script, um, even if it's e-learning or, or some of the most mundane uh, corporate material. And you've got to be able to know how to bring that to life. And that's not just reading it off a page. And I, I don't even claim to uh, know the best way to interpret copy uh, every day that I have uh, a script uh, in in front of me. And, you know, that's evident regardless of my voice in how many auditions I will do and how many gigs I will get. Right. Uh, But you have to audition and you have to keep at it. And um, it's not for the faint of heart or weak of spirit. If Mm -hmm. you are not good with rejection, uh, or isolation, because that's uh, the occupational hazard. It is what it is. You're yes. you're alone recording all day, and if you're recording, you know, scores of auditions and you don't get any feedback or any gigs, that can be a little bit demoralizing. 
and you might think, well, is this really for me? And that's where you have to be persistent and tenacious. And I think you have to have definitely a business plan. Uh, you've got to write down the things you've got to do. Don't put the cart before the horse for one thing. Don't go out and get a demo made. Uh, if you know you're going to drop anywhere from you know three hundred to fifteen hundred two thousand dollars to do a demo, depending on who it is that you get to do it for you, uh, and there's plenty of people out there that will be happy to do a good job and happy to take your money. So be very careful about that. But uh, know what it is that you expect from yourself and down the road. Is this something that will just be uh, a fun little pastime, a little hobby, maybe to make a few shekels on the side? Or is this something that you're going to put all your eggs into the VO basket and uh, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead? This mm-hmm. is what you're going to do to pay all your bills. Yeah, you, you have, you have to have yeah. a business plan. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I did 20 years ago. I was offered probably one of the best opportunities in radio in my life as far as what the gig was uh, and the pay. And I thought, well, yeah, you know, I've been 20 years in radio. I've worked towards this. And I thought, no, because I can see as sure as the wind shifts directions that a new program director will come in, a new format will happen. The station will be sold something in radio. It is the nature of the beast. It's, it's like science. It is, yeah. it, is, uh, it is pure, and it will happen in radio. And sure enough, and I turned it down, uh, six months later, the station was sold. Wow. The position that I would have had, I heard that person doing the all-night show later and then was never there again. You made a good decision. I, I did. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. did, but it, it's a scary one, potentially. I mean, you're diving without a net, and you're hoping for the best, but I'm lucky that my wife... Uh, was very supportive, and she said, let's do it. And I said, okay. And I started off uh, with baby steps and a heck of a learning curve from doing my own editing to doing my own marketing, bookkeeping. You're, you're wearing so many hats, Donna, as you know. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. You're lucky that you've got your husband as your IT professional, too, because that's somebody in the house. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you have to have a significant other. To be yes. supportive of you doing this. And I don't care if you're writing, Which, acting, voicing. In anything. Yeah. And and speaking of marketing, I know you just mentioned that. You're very good at the marketing part. Do you think blogs are good? Do you think uh, the the regular emails you send to clients and friends, which I receive, which I love because I don't get to talk to you all the time and I'm not in Toronto very often. So I'm thinking, well, this is nice. I get to know what he's doing. Do you think that's the most important what calling people cold calling what do you think as far as marketing wait 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 a second wait a second so you're the person that's reading my <laughs> newsletters yes that's fantastic guilty guilty is charged i knew yep. i would discover who that person was one of these days donna god bless you i love marketing um, and i you know when i get these emails i thought constant contact and correct me if i'm wrong i believe it's constant contact it is. And, and I might have reached out to you and you said, Donna, I think it's great. You know, it's because you're yes. keeping your name in the front of them. So expound. Yeah. You, you know what, Donna? Constant Contact is a great company out of Massachusetts. And I've been sending emails um, with their help since, I think, 2004, 2005. So it's been quite a long time. Uh, and I try and make them just quarterly. And how I get permission to if it's a a new client or somebody that i think could be a prospective client um a partner somehow that could be um you know uh, beneficial in my network Mm -hmm. uh i will reach out to them and say hey look 
it, no pressure here, but always ask. Do not spam somebody's inbox with something uh, unsolicited. So I, I will always ask. I will okay. never assume that somebody wants to hear from me. And it's amazing how appreciative they are in that return email. And they say, my email is basically saying, hey, look, uh, no pressure whatsoever, but I wanted to ask first, is it okay if I stay in touch with you uh, via this quarterly digital newsletter that I send out to clients, partners, friends, and family? Uh, it's this non-intrusive way to stay in touch. Like I said, it's just another way of, uh, you know, staying connected, but n no sweat. And they will get back to me nine times out of ten. They will say, absolutely, include me. And so that's great. So I'll, I'll include them. And I've got just over a thousand uh, contacts uh, that organically they'll drop off. If they change email addresses or something and they don't inform right. you or notify you, and it's a client you had years ago, well, if they change or they change companies or whatever, then you've lost them. If you want to stay in touch with them in that capacity, you really have to do your due diligence and, and monitor those bounces and that. But generally, my open rate, and it's funny, years ago, I, I called up Constant Contact and I said, look, I, I'm, a little, uh, I'm a little puzzled here. Uh, I, I send this out to whatever it was at the time, how many contacts, and it was 900, I think I had, or 800. And uh, I said, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I'm only getting, you know, 32% uh, open rate here. And they go through my records and they said, yeah, uh, uh, Mr. O'Shea will let you know that you have one of the best open rates that we've ever seen. Uh, generally, the open rate is 2 to 6%. And I said, what? So I thought that, you know, 30%, you never think 30% is a good rating. Mm -hmm. But as far as open rates on, on newsletters or emails... Uh, so I felt much better that that was a very commendable um, open rate. So anyhow, um, I found it to be a good way of marketing and staying in touch because what would happen, Donna, is in sending those emails out just to stay in touch, and it's just sharing with clients and family and partners mm -hmm. uh, some of my recent VO highlights. Family yeah, I don't, and I, I don't break. Yeah, I don't break it down. You know what? It, it's really just a broad sweep. And I know if I wanted to be a little bit more selective let's say for some of my medical stuff i would send it just to my pharma and medical mm -hmm. um uh clientele but uh, i i don't it's just hey look this is what's going on just to showcase the range of stuff i do so there will be maybe uh an animation project with a pharma launch so now the second part of the question i'd asked earlier is i i know i'd asked the future of vo and this is kind of a two-parter um about VO, ISDN, Source Connect, when you connect with clients in different cities outside of Toronto, where is it going? What do you think is the best? Well, I, I think a lot of people will have a lot of uh, varying opinions, and it's, it's changing, too. There are all sorts of different mm -hmm. ways to connect with people. Uh, I, I've stayed tried and true with Source Connect for years. Uh, it was a little bumpy out of the gate, and they were figuring out their glitches. But I had done, um, boy, uh, about 10 years ago, I remember doing, it was a Canadian-British co-production um, on underworld crimes. And we were doing uh, Source Connect sessions from Toronto to London, England. Uh, and there were a few times that there would be dropouts. I mean, it was an hour-long VO. Okay, so 45, an hour-long show, so that's 45 minutes. But it was VO-intensive. Of that 45, it was probably a solid 30, 35 minutes of VO. So it was a four-hour session. And in that 
time it, it would have dropped out and they were just used to it you know mm -hmm. and, but this was from another another studio not not my studio and um but it dropped out but everybody was just cool with it. okay yeah we'll reconnect and we'll chat with you again another 20 or 30 seconds right and then you pick up from where you left off however it's much more um uh, efficient now i think they've figured out a lot of glitches i think uh, broadband strength and just source connect in general I don't have any issues with it. So that's my go-to. Mm -hmm. um, ISDN years ago, I had everything set up, but it was so expensive mm -hmm. and on a monthly basis, and mm -hmm. I just couldn't justify it. So uh, even though I had everything uh, hooked up, all the infrastructure for ISDN, I never went that route. Um, so Source Connect uh, for me, and uh, if somebody just wants to do a simple uh, phone patch or Skype, yeah, we can do that too, wh whatever you want. But, okay. Uh, as far as, uh, as far as where Source Connect is going, I think you'll find that as part of the landscape uh, for a long time. And even more so now that things have really um, been revised as far as the studios and everybody oh, yeah. having their home studios. Yep. I mean, yep. that's, you know, you've got to feel for the studio owners, too. They've really had to pivot on this. Um, and I've, I've talked to a few of my friends and colleagues that are studio owners, and, and they're really trying to uh, be the studio engineer and operator via Source Connect or whatever it is so that uh, they can sort of manage the session from their studio, um, even though nobody's physically going in. And then there are some of the allowances that people can go in uh, one person at a time. You know, nobody's in the booth. They're sterilizing the, the whole protocol that is being uh, followed, hopefully, you know, everywhere. And the second part, agent or no agent? Yeah, well, I, I have um, I have several, and I find that uh, it's great to have an agent if your agent works for you, uh, but your agent has how many people on the roster, and they want to work for everybody, which is great. But um, don't I think one of the the biggest down points is with having an agent is from the talent's viewpoint is that they think they'll they'll just wait by the phone and wait for it to ring and it'll be their agent with a job for them. No, I mean, your agent literally has a vested interest in getting you work because they take commission and they will make money if you make money. And so they've got a roster of how many people that they're hopefully, you know, getting work for and making money from. But if you as one of 20, 40, 60, 180 people on a roster think that your agent will get you 100% of your workflow enough to make a living and pay your bills and maybe raise a family and pay a mortgage. Don't kid yourself. Uh, you have to have various other revenue streams. I think you really have to be aggressive in your marketing, uh, whether that's, I'll still pick up the phone and do it old school and cold call. Do um, and uh, it's it usually worked quite well for me. And it's daunting for many people because they just don't, they don't know how to sell themselves. And it's tough for a lot of people. Well, I, I feel odd or awkward or peculiar saying that, you know, I'm really good and you should listen to me. But that's if, if you don't believe in yourself to that point where you've got to sell yourself and try and be as articulate as possible. You got, you got let's say, 20 seconds. It's the old elevator uh, scenario, right? Mm -hmm, where if you've mm -hmm. got a show pitch, you've got to be able to make a director or a producer hear what it is you've got to say about whatever story it is you want to put on the big screen before that door opens and they walk off the elevator. 
So you've got to be able to do what you want to do on the phone within the first 20 seconds. You don't get a second chance to make that first impression. So you've got to be articulate, not pushy. You've got to be congenial. They've got to hear in your voice over a phone line that, you know what, I think I'd like to give this person a try. And if, if nothing else, they'll love the moxie, the confidence. And um, it's, it's well worth giving it a shot. Have a script. Say, hi there, my name's you know, uh, Bill Smith. I'm a great, exciting new talent on the VO scene for doing voiceover and narration. My specialty is, fill in the blank there, um, I, I'd love it if you gave me the opportunity to let you hear how I sound, and maybe I'd be the perfect fit for your next project. I happen to have my own studio, so it's basically a one-shot deal. You don't have to worry about uh, looking elsewhere to have my voice recorded. I'm a great editor, so I'll give it to you, and it'll be ready. My prices, my rates are competitive, and uh, I'm very easy to work with. So, you know, I, I hope we get a chance to work together, and I'll follow this call up with you, if you don't mind, with an email so that you've got my contact information, and there will be a link to my website, and you can hear all the demos when you've got a few minutes. Uh, but I know your time is valuable, so I'll just leave it at that. But thanks again. There is your and, inspiration, uh, voiceover talent, listening in the universe from the yeah. man, Rory O'Shea, the voice. It's very sweet. But, Donna, what I found out, it, you've got this little script. You do uh, 10 calls in a row and set aside an hour. If you're lucky, you'll get 20 calls in, in an hour. It's amazing how you've got to research it. And do not call up without knowing the name of the person that you need to speak to. Right, I know. And it's if hard. you don't know the name of the person, if, if you're just calling, cold calling, and the reception answers, uh, and she says, hi, Miriam, this is Onyx. Hi, Miriam. Uh, I'm just wondering, could you tell me the name of the person again who's in charge of production mm -mm -mm. and have a pen ready? And if they say, oh, I'll put you right through to them, and you don't want to be put, you just want the name. But if you get put through to them, then chances are it'll be a voicemail, and they will say who they are. You write the name down. You call back a couple of days later. So now you know the name of the person that you're asking for specifically, and they will be more inclined to put you through to somebody that you're asking for by name. And then do that, because if you just say, hi there, my name is so-and-so, you know, it's like, you know, hi, welcome to Walmart. Come on in. Mm. But if you've got, you know, Jim, your old Walmart greeter that says, hey, Rory, how are you? Come on in. Good to see you. Well, you know, what mileage does that have? So you, you've got to think of the things that will get you through to the person that you need uh, to listen to you and inevitably, hopefully, hire you or direct you to the people that will use your services. So always know who it is that you're calling. And after 10 calls of looking at your script, I guarantee you, you won't be looking at the script. You'll be so confident, you'll be so in charge that you'll be talking naturally. Now you're selling yourself because you're coming across with the confidence that you need to sell yourself and the confidence you need to read the script that they've got for you to read. When I started this podcast, I said, how do you stay so organized? Well, I don't know, Donna. You said, I don't, yeah, I do. And I, you are very organized and you're a thinker because this is great. There's some people who are going to listen and go, oh, I never thought of that. There's a process to do all these parts if you're going to have your own business. Yeah, the underlining point is business. Uh, you've, you've got to realize that the time that you're in the booth is a very small portion of yeah. time uh, that you will be doing what you need to do to run a successful business. So it's true, you do need to be organized. 
as far as keeping a list of the contacts, the people that you left a message for, the people that asked you to call back, the people that said they would be interested. And I used to, you know, now that I, l- I look back, yeah, I, in the early days, I was pretty organized because I remember I used to color code it and I came across some old contacts and I thought, wow, I really did a lot of cold calling. I knew but it. You've got to follow, I knew it. Yeah, followed up. But I, it's been so long since I, I was that um, fastidious and uh, and went through it all. But honestly, Donna, I found that uh, from those calls, and that's what motivated me to make new calls and more calls and set aside a day in the week when you would do the marketing calls uh, and, and try not to call the same person back again. Because I made that uh, mistake in the early days where I'd get so excited, but the name would come up online under a different company or a different, but I would call the same place back and say, uh, yeah, didn't you call me just two days ago? And I thought, oh God. And then you feel like a bit of a, a doofus, but uh, those things happen. They're just, just brush it off. Those it's, are mistakes, but yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's exactly what that was. But uh, I found that one in 10 people that I called um, gave me a shot. At auditioning, and you think one out of ten—that's only ten percent. Yeah, but if you make a hundred calls, right. it's still only ten percent getting ten jobs. But if you've got ten new clients yeah. out of only a hundred calls that you've made over the course of maybe four or five weeks, that's pretty good. Now you think of how many of those people that you can maintain and build a relationship with and keep as long-term clients. I still have clients from that very first phone call. 20 years ago. And it's all about relationship building and, and yep. keeping it uh, intact and, and reaching out and, um, and just honestly being a service provider, doing what it is you can do. You know, not nickel and diming clients every time there's a, a revision or they, they, they come back with a little tweak. Yes. You don't want to be taken advantage of. You don't want to be doing stuff for free, but you also don't want to be charging every time they take up the phone or drop you an email. Totally yeah, you'll agree. lose clients very quickly that way. So you've really got to feel your way through it. Find out one of the, the toughest things. I mean, there are so many steps to getting your voiceover business going. As I said, from the beginning, get some acting lessons uh, and, and get a good acting coach and incorporate that into reading scripts aloud. Listen to radio, listen to TV, listen to how spots are being done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always want the person next door. You're sitting on the bar stool, just relaying a story. How many times have we heard that? They don't want the typical announcer unless for the 1% of spots, they want that typical announcer sound. Okay, well, you're going to be going in on that spot with about a thousand other people auditioning. So just find your niche, uh, get a website up, and it doesn't have to be an elaborate website, but that's going to be your storefront. That's where you're showcasing how you sound, a one-page website, as long as it's got your demo, so that you, if you don't have a website, you will not be considered a player. Mm-hmm. If you're a professional voice talent and you don't have somewhere for somebody to go online and to listen to your stuff and to maybe see a few testimonials or reviews, then you, you're not in the same league as where so many other people are. And, and, and that's the pool. And if you want to play in that pool, you've got to sort of uh, get it together. So there are those steps that you have to follow. You know, the website, the demo, the, the voice coaching, the, the acting uh, tutorials and instruction. And so much of that you can do online mm-hmm. or, you know, teleconferencing, Zoom. Uh, you don't have to go to somebody. You, you, you haven't had to do that. It has nothing to do with COVID. It's been the uh, environment for years and years where you can do telecoaching and and uh, you can do FaceTime and whatever it is, 
to get you to where you need to be uh, to be able to pull off those auditions and start booking gigs. Rory O'Shea, thank you. Enlightening, because I get calls, too, from folks wanting to go into voiceover. Now I can direct them to this podcast, because you've said just pretty much how I've always thought. I've always been a, a big fan of yours, Donna Reed, and you are a true pro, and uh, I'm happy to call you a friend and a colleague. And uh, these are surreal times, but uh, uh, hopefully uh, voiceover will rebound and be more robust than ever uh, in the months ahead. It will. And if you, folks, if you want to find out more about what Rory does, go to Image Communications. Actually, it's just, it's image.biz, I-M, and then the word edge, E-D-G-E, dot B-I-Z. And you know how I said the Z for my friends stateside in the U.S. And if you're in Canada listening to this podcast, it's I-M-E-D-G-E dot B-I-Z. There you go, Donna. International, too. Love it. Very. (laughs) 